so good to see so many of you. We have lots of guests in town, former Northsiders and family, extended family. It's uh, just good to see your smiling faces. Uh, we weren't able to do that. We were out of town. Our family went to San Antonio uh, through the Thanksgiving week, and we uh, had a wonderful time there. But uh, do I sound extra staticky? I really do. I'm not sure what that is, so that's me, or if I need to wrap myself in aluminum foil, or what I need. Okay, uh, I'll let those guys handle it. But anyway, we had a great trip to San Antonio and, and watched via live stream. That was really good. Appreciate Jim Weathers doing a great job filling the pulpit. Uh, uh, video playing is not his expertise, apparently, but uh, I, I, no, that was not Jim's fault at all, but uh uh, somebody told me that all of you were in here dutifully trying to watch the video like this. <laughs> so I thought, you know, we missed an opportunity just to say that video was brought to you by Dops Chiropractic. So. <laughs> this morning we are continuing in our uh, thought of one another. And we're not going to so much look at a verse, but more of an attitude that we have amongst and with one another. Um, I don't know how many of you are, you have a certain way of listening to a prayer. Uh, you know that there are certain ways that people pray. I know I've heard rumor that some in the youth group have timed prayers. Uh, we've got people sometimes that pray using certain phrases and it kind of is uh, something you associate with them. I'll never forget a prayer that, a prayer <laughs> who was leading a prayer, and it, it, it initially struck me as kind of odd, but the more that I heard it, the more that I grew to love it. And in fact, now I understand that that's the kind of people we are to be, and what Brother Craig Greenwood would do, and I think the first few times I heard this was at camp, uh, when he prayed... He used the phrase, thank you for, and he would say, thank you for, and then thank you for, and thank you for, and thank you for. And I, it initially, as I said, it, it kind of jarred me because it just, it, it was something I had not heard before. But the more that I hear it, and now over 22 years of having heard Craig pray, I look forward to it. I understand, especially with him as a shepherd, that the heart of what he's praying and how he's praying is how all of us, now I'm not necessarily saying you have to use that prayer, but, but he has a heart of gratitude. Our world needs a little bit more gratitude, I would say. Uh, we kind of rush by Thanksgiving. We just, you know, it's, uh, it's 4th of July and then boom, Christmas tree's up and, and we're ready to go. Uh, <laughs> We kind of rush past the time of gratitude and the time of thanks to God for all of our many and manifold blessings. We, we, kind, of, we kind of just scoot past that. And, and I think that's the, the when and how the church should kind of slow down and linger a little bit there. Which is why we're talking about gratitude this morning. Even though it's three days after Thanksgiving, we have... A missed opportunity if we don't stop and dwell and give thanks. And this morning I want to encourage you not just to observe Thanksgiving as a holiday, but rather as an attitude of spirit, like Craig Greenwood in his prayer, 
saying thank you in all that we do. Spending more time in gratitude. In fact, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, Doug covered this on Wednesday night. The scripture says this, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Sometimes that's easy, but other times that's not, that's not as easy to do. Uh, but God's will is that God's people have gratitude in all circumstances. So this morning I'm going to give you three areas I think we should maybe pay a little more attention to in giving gratitude and giving thanks. And I want you to challenge you to be thankful and gracious in all of life's circumstances. The first circumstance is this. We should be thankful through hardship. We should be thankful through hardship. You turn in your Bibles. I know it's on the screen, but it's better for you if you're in a Bible so that you can put it in your heart. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. He starts this short practical letter in this way. Page 1,291, if you don't know where James chapter 1 is. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Let steadfastness have its full effect so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Count it all joy, James says, when you go through hardships and trials and whatever uh, challenges you may face in your walk with Jesus. When you lose the job, when you have the health problems, uh, when you have family difficulties, when you have personal issues, when, when, you, when you get a flat tire, when you stub your toe. There's always opportunity to count it all joy. Now, the, the, the bigger things, the, the, the harder things, the heavier burdens mature us, strengthen us, grow us so that our roots grow deep into Christ. Hardship can be a blessing. It forges your faith, it deepens your love, and it matures your mind. If you're a Christian, you've been a Christian longer than five years. I want you to think over the past, however long you've been a Christian, whenever you stepped into your relationship with Christ at the waters of baptism and you stepped out, as you look back from today back to that moment, when were your times of greatest growth? When were your times of deepest trust? When were your times when you drew closest to God? I would guess that it's in the times of hardship. It's in the valleys of the shadow of death that we begin to understand just how good and faithful our shepherd is. Oh, the mountaintops are good. It's nice to walk through the the sunlit fields, but it's in the valleys where you learn to trust the shepherd. God has made you better today and grown you more into who you are today in all of the valleys that you've walked through yesterday. So you should give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. 
And you should give thanks to the Lord when you're walking through a valley. Uh, holidays can be a hard time. It can be difficult because of loss, because of hardship, because of family dysfunction or what have you. Families can, uh, 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 holidays can be an exceptionally difficult time. One of the hardest times is if you've lost someone whom you loved. The holidays can be especially hard. And, and you might be sitting there in this situation saying, Preacher, you're telling me I should be grateful and thankful and count it all joy? And James would say yes. Yes. Because though the valley is deep, the shepherd is forever faithful and always good. Second, choose to be thankful in loss. Probably the best example I could think of, scripturally speaking, is the book of Job. His story of loss is unparalleled. Uh, There's many who've lost. Job lost a lot, and it seems that he lost a lot in a short period of time. Losing all that he owned, losing all that he loved, losing everything a man could lose, even his health. Even his own wife discouraging him from trusting God any longer. And the scripture reads like this in Job chapter 1. This is page 526 in the Pew Bible, if you don't know where Job is. In Job chapter 1, verse 20 and 21, the scripture reads like this. Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head. Now those were all signs in the ancient world of deep, deep grief. This, was a, this is not superficial loss at all. This is not, it'll be okay. This is, there is no foreseeable uh, way out of this loss. And the scripture says, he fell on the ground and worshiped. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return. The Lord gave, the Lord has taken away Blessed be the name of the Lord. We could spend a whole sermon just on those couple of verses because that, that really pierces the heart, especially if you've lost deeply. I just want to emphasize this point. Job had lost everything. And yet Job's attitude was, in spite of the deep loss, he knew that if he lost everything, and yet had his relationship with God, he would still have everything he needed. It's hard to consider that kind of loss, but Job understood it, and even in the face of it, even in the midst of deep, hard grief, Job kept that relationship pure and true and continued to bless the name of the Lord. You see, gratitude... You hear people say the attitude of gratitude. Gratitude is deeper than than that. It's not rooted in our internal feelings. You may not feel very thankful, but gratitude is deeper than that. Gratitude is not rooted in your external conditions. That's sort of shallow gratitude, if anything. But true gratitude is rooted in the eternal God of heaven. When you realize he's given you breath and life, When you realize all of the blessings he's given you, and in Christ he's given you every spiritual blessing, you understand 
how good God is. Psalm 136, the verse on your slide, Psalm 136. The whole psalm is good, but for our purposes this morning, we're just going to read the first verse. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. See, that's it. That's Job's secret. That's what Job knew, that we can give thanks in all circumstances because He is good and because His love endures forever. And lastly, I want to call us to be thankful in the mundane, in the everyday. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 118, verse 24, This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You know, as Christians, there are the high points and the low points. (laughs) There's the mountaintops and there's the valleys. But there's this in-between part, the getting there from, from one point to the next. And I call that the mundane traveling the mundane part of the journey. You're far enough away from the beginning that it's not new and exciting anymore. You you remember when you first became a Christian? You remember you, you, you came up out of the waters and you were just soaked and you were happy and people were praying with you and hugging for hugging you and encouraging you and you were so excited, just elated and filled with peace and joy and the journey begins and it's new and exciting. So, so we're... We're, most of us are far enough away from that point, and yet we're also far enough away from heaven, from eternity, from, from being reunited with those we've lost, from being in the presence of God and, and worshiping with the angels and the heavenly host. We're, we're, and that scene's going to be, you thought that was good, this is going to be beyond good. Paul said it's, it's, it's so good that it's not permitted for man to tell. We can't even fully understand how good this is going to be, but we're not here either. And we're too far away from here. We're right here in the mundane middle. Where it's not new and shiny anymore, but we're not, we haven't yet reached victory in Christ. And it's right here where gratitude will get us through. Well, gratitude keeps us going, pressing on toward the finish line. Think about the Israelites for a second. God miraculously delivered them from Egypt, brought them through the waters. And you'd think they'd be grateful to him for what he'd done and for how he'd done it. I don't think there was anyone on the the day that they walked through the sea that was questioning God or doubting his existence or his power or his might or his glory. But then there was a time of traveling. And, and, And you know, the scripture says they didn't make it to the promised land. And why is it that they didn't get there? I would boil it down to ingratitude. Instead of being grateful, they became gripe-filled. And that's an important distinction because the lesson wasn't just for them, it's also for us. They griped about everything. They griped about the water. They griped about the weather. They griped about the food. They griped about the leaders. And they died in the desert of ingratitude. 
never making it to the promised land. Imagine just for a moment how the journey would have changed if they had stopped complaining and started being grateful for every single blessing. Manna from heaven again. Wow. Look what God did. Quail. Wow, God, you are amazing. This is like the first chicken filet biscuit sandwich. Can you imagine how it would have changed everything about the journey if they had just practiced a little more gratitude each day than they had the day before? Imagine what it would have been like to, to come into Canaan. Wow, look at this land. They weren't lying. It's so good. All 12, the, the ten, all 10 of those spies would have said, we can do it. God's brought us through. He's bringing us to the next great blessing. But instead, because they were in a mindset of complaint and ingratitude and ungratefulness, they never made it. Brothers and sisters and guests, the lesson isn't just on them. The lesson is for us too. I can pick on the Israelites, but Toby does the same thing. I'm great at griping. I can gripe about the gas prices. Or I can be grateful that I've got a car to drive. I can be griping about the road construction. Or I can be grateful that they're fixing the roads. I can gripe about where my 401k is. Or I can be grateful that if I make more than $30,000 a year, I'm in the top 1% of the entire world. That I've got a room in my house full of food, or another room full of clothes that I don't wear. It's a mindset. I, I, I can gripe about the cost of food. Or I can be grateful that I have plenty. I can gripe about the, the cost of energy and, and how much it's going to cost to heat my home. Or I can be grateful that I'm warm. I can gripe about dirty dishes. Or be grateful that I have a family that eats together. I can gripe about all the laundry there is to do. Or be grateful that there are people that I have to clothe. Do you understand? Are you getting it? It's easy to pick on the Israelites, but let's turn the story of ingratitude at us and ask yourself, are you grateful for every single thing, even the mundane things of life? We take too much for granted, and it's really good for us to stop and pause and reflect. I'm going to ask the guys to bring the lights down and turn the sound up. I want to show an excerpt of an interview with Jordan Peterson because he hit this point really well, and I thought I'd like to share it with you. I've been grateful for the good things that have happened to me, but I don't think I was grateful enough before just for mundane normality, you know? Yeah. And, you know, 
you think you don't have everything you could have, and, and perhaps that's true, but if you can sit down and breathe, there's lots of people who don't have that. Yeah. Are you grateful to God for the simplest of blessings? For your eyesight that you can hear, that you can breathe? Are you grateful to God for your sense of touch and all of the blessings that you have, great to small? I can gripe or I can be grateful. Every single day, that is a choice. But it's deeper than an attitude. It is a spirit. It's a heart. It's what Craig Greenwood conveyed in his prayer. It's what we've done all of this morning. It's what we should do every morning as we consider what God has done. So, so if you ever struggle with what to say in a prayer, if you ever struggle with what to say to God, then very simply I want to encourage you to say and start with thank you. It shows your gratitude to Him. It shows your gratitude for Him. It shows your trust in Him. Thanksgiving is more than last Thursday, you see. It's more than Turkey Day and friends and family. It is more than that. I mean, the, the world has transformed Thanksgiving into the day before Black Friday. The world has, oh, be thankful, I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll pray for you. Thanksgiving has been transformed by the world. It's Turkey Day. It's just a day for eating poultry, you see. It, Thanksgiving is, it, from a worldly perspective, doesn't matter very much. But for the Christian, it means everything. Because it's a manner of the traveling. It's a manner of the traveling. It's not just thanksgiving, it's thanksgiving. It's, it's in our spirit and our hearts every day. Last scripture and we'll be done. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. I hope you'll turn there. Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 15, page 1262. Let the peace of Christ... Rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father through Him. In it all, may we give thanks, may we show gratitude, and may our hearts and our spirits be filled with gratitude for who He is, for what he's done, for what he is doing, and for what he will do. As we close this morning, I want to offer the invitation. It's not 
my invitation. It's the Lord's invitation. The invitation is to receive every spiritual blessing in Christ. You say, wow, that sounds pretty good. (laughs) How do I get that? Well, the thing is, you can't get it on your own. You you can't. It's not by your good works. (laughs) You have to go through Christ, who did all the work who did the full work of God at the cross, who paid the price, who atoned for your sin. And you see, you see, it's by, by his work, not your work. You say, well, that sounds too good to be true. And I would say, yes, that's right. The word for that is grace. God's unmerited favor. You say, well, how do I, how do I receive that? How do I unwrap the gift we might use in the scripture Jesus said himself to believe and be baptized. And that's where the blessings begin. Baptism is not how you're saved. It's just simply when you're saved. If you haven't partaken in the journey, if you haven't started the journey and taken step one, I want to invite you to do that this morning. To begin to receive every spiritual blessing. Now, you received a great number of blessings, I have no doubt. But you don't know... (laughs) You don't know the half of it, of the blessings God has in mind for you in Christ Jesus. If you would be ready to take that step, we'd be happy to help you with that, to study with you, to pray with you, or to lead you into a relationship with Christ Jesus. If you have that need, or or maybe this holiday season has just been a struggle. Maybe Maybe the table was one person less than it should be. This holiday. Maybe you, maybe you were by yourself. I would say to you, gently, we have our shepherds who want to pray with you and love you and encourage you and to remind you that far, far better things lie ahead than any we've left behind. If you'd like to meet with our shepherds or have them pray with you if, you, if you need to put on Christ in baptism, whatever your need might be, you can come now at this time. Uh, simply at this next song, Mark's going to lead it. We'll stand, you head to the back and meet with our shepherds and they'll be glad to help you. Whatever your need might be, please come. Let's stand and sing together.